Mets Musings is an unofficial, independent podcast covering New York's National League Baseball team. It is not affiliated in any way with Major League Baseball or the New York Mets. Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. All right, and welcome to and another Mets Musings. The boys are back in town, plus one. We've added a very, very, very special guest all the way from England. Yes, from across the pond, our good friend Sean has joined us tonight for this uh, usual annual, whatever you want to call it, uh, well, it's more than annual, but our roundtable discussion on New York Mets. Sean, welcome to the roundtable. Guys, it's a real honor and a pleasure. Len, Jeff, and Barry, great to meet you guys. Uh, yeah, this is a real honor. It's, it's really late. It's, uh, what's the time now? Ten past midnight, but hey, I'm, I'm totally up for this. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, look, if we start going too late and, and you know, you fall asleep or you, you got to go, we understand. We This is great. I mean, this is just fantastic that uh, somebody from overseas is actually on with us on a Zoom call. Uh, terrific. So uh, let's get right down to it. The, uh, the, the biggest news, I guess, not – well, I guess it's Mets related, but it's not totally Mets related. And that is the fact that uh, uh, Mickey Calloway, I have that on my notes, bears all, but apparently uh, he didn't take pictures of his junk uh, <laughs> like Jared Porter did. Uh, but another one with the, uh, you know, the this, this harassing of women and uh, – you know, my thoughts on it, I don't like when people don't give their name when they stay anonymous, though. That's the thing I don't like. And they, everybody said it was a well-known secret, but he's been with three teams and nobody said anything about it. So either he's the best uh, damn pitching coach <laughs> that there is or that, uh, you know, it's amazing that something like this uh, has stayed quiet. But let's start off with our guest, uh, Sean. Your thoughts on Mickey Calloway and his topless pictures? Guys, why, why, why now? I mean, Gary, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, right, right. Here's, here's my thought very quickly. I mean, you work your butt off to get to this level. Um, in the MLB, why would you do this? It just seems to me, you know, um, yeah. Why would you throw it all away? Uh, that, that's all I've got to say. And, and I just think, yeah, why now? Why, why is it coming? He's, he, like he's been with three teams. Why, why is it? Why is it surfacing now? Uh, Len, just one thing I want to say one, before I answer that 
is Sean, I'm so glad you were on with us. <laughs> we give, I, I, it's so funny. I'm, I kid you not, I have notes written. And I heard your email to Gary on, the, on his last episode of Mets Musings. And I actually had a note here to give Sean in the UK a shout out. I was going to have everyone give a shout out to Sean in the UK and you're here. So, wow, that's great. Now, regarding Porter and Callaway, I'm just going to say something. Men, we as a species are pigs. And that's it. I am not going anywhere else. All right, Jeff, do you want to go somewhere else? <laughs> uh, sure. I mean, this is absolutely, they're, they're, they've been bad boys. It's disgusting, terrible. I mean, it, it's just, uh, why? I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, but, you know, I know it has a bad look for, for our Mets, but, you know, the thing with Porter happened in Chicago, and then he was hired by Arizona. Um, and with Callaway, we know it's, we now know it's, what, five, over five years, so out of in, in Cleveland, mm-hmm. and it came to the Mets. But, you know, they, how, how is Sandy supposed to know if nobody tells him? I mean, if it was the worst-kept secret, you know what, privately, you know, a couple of reporters go to, you know, call up that time Wilpon, I guess, or, or whoever was the GM in charge, say, hey, by the way, you might want to check this out. We don't want to go public with it, but you know what? If, if it's a, a worst-kept secret and people know about it, somebody should have just informed them, like, you know, check it out. And I, think, and I think the point is, why now? I mean, wh- why did it happen at this particular point in time? He went to another – you would think when he became manager it might have happened uh, or when he got a job with L.A. But, uh, you know, why now? Barry, your thoughts? Yeah, by the way, Sean, it's great to have you with us. The, the more, the merrier. And before I make a quick comment about Mickey, Len, I, I have to say, when I heard the music with the boys are back in town, I was wondering if you were going to pick it was a choice between that or, oh, Mickey, you're so fine. Thankfully, you went the other, the other way. And, that was very good, though. I, I don't know how much I can really add to this. I mean, if he did it, he did He's now denying it. And as far as when it comes out, no no pun intended. Oh, geez, I... I might want to rephrase that, but you know, I guess it's 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 tough. They they sat on the story. ESPN sat on the Jared Porter story for years until I guess the the female reporter was from another country gave him the okay to to run it, and now I'm guessing now that the same thing happened with Callaway. It just it, it doesn't excuse the behavior. As far as it being the uh, the worst kept secret in Major League Baseball, if if that's true, you would have thought that somebody would have gotten in front of this a, a long time ago. And like you guys said, he, he's been on with three teams since this happened, and then, and and now it comes out. And I agree with you, Gary. The anonymity of it is is a little disturbing. But I guess in this day and age, this me too generation it's the victim that you have the most concern for it's their rights that are being protected 
It takes a lot of guts to come out and make accusations like that, regardless of whether you are anonymous or not. Well, I, I think you should be able to face your uh, accuser face to face, and hopefully he'll get that chance. Uh, any investigation, but I, you know, I, I think a large part is technology is great. It's allowing us to do something like this, but this is also the problem with technology. I mean, think about it. When we were younger. And uh, if we ever thought of doing something like this, which we didn't, we wouldn't because you'd have to have film and a camera. And then that film would have to get developed. And somebody else might see your junk before the intended intended (laughs) person got to see it. So uh, with these cameras now today and these phones, they take a picture and send it right off. And I, I, I I don't get it. You know, actually, I need a zoom lens anyway at my age. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it uh, I don't know. I think it's, it's, guys, it's disgusting. It, they, I don't understand it, why they do it anyway, but well, whatever. I mean, but it's not just baseball. We know we've seen it in politics. Yeah, we saw it in everything. Right. Yeah, so we've seen it everywhere. So it's just. It's just a sickness. And it's, it. Yeah, it's partially an illness, mm-hmm. and and you know, do you fire somebody or do you try to get them help? I don't, I don't know what the answer to that is, uh, but uh, let let's move on to our next subject, and that is uh, uh, Daniel Murphy, a, uh, a Met hero, if you will, who uh, left the team, has decided to retire. And uh, who could ever forget his uh, run in 2015 through the uh, playoffs as he uh, broke all kinds of records and really uh, uh, led the Mets to the World Series. Unfortunately, they couldn't get over the hump there. But uh, Daniel Murphy retires. I I wish they would uh, sign him to a one-day contract, let him retire as a Met. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, your thoughts, uh, Jeff, why don't you kick us off? Daniel Murphy, a Met legend and a Met killer. I mean, <laughs> what he did for the Mets for the team in 2015. And before that, he, he really, you know what? Give the guy credit. He, he wasn't the great defensive player. They put him in left field. They put him at third base. They put him at first base. They put him, he worked his tail off and he wasn't the greatest defensive player. It was, but his offense, my gosh, he he could hit the ball anywhere they want, and when he found his stroke in that playoff for the power, they took he took him to uh, the World Series. Of course, in the World Series, he made it a critical error, but like I said, his defense uh, wasn't all the best. And when he left, he went to Washington and became a, a Met killer. And look, he made a couple of All Star teams. So you know, you know, thank we want to thank uh, Daniel Murphy for the memories he gave us Met fans. I mean, he was really a, a good Met, and we wish him luck. Barry? To uh, borrow one of Gary Cohen's comments about Daniel Murphy, I would call him a net positive, thanking him for 2015, because like Jeff said, and and you say, Gary, the Mets probably don't get to the World Series without that power out, that outburst by Murphy in the playoffs. And like you guys said, Unfortunately, they couldn't finish the job. I was at game four, and 
Smith was looking right at that critical error he made in the uh, eighth inning that opened the doors for Kansas City to take the lead in that game and ultimately win the World Series. And curses to Murphy for the way he killed the Mets the next two seasons as a member of the Washington Nationals. But all in all, you think it, I think of Murphy and I think good thoughts of him. So good luck to Murphy. I agree, Gary. They could and should bring him back, give him a one-day contract, let him retire as a man. I think that would be a very nice thing for them to do. And I don't know, does Uncle Stevie, is he back on Twitter? Did he? Because some, <laughs> I don't even know anymore who's on, who's off, who gets thrown off, or what, what have you. But if uh, someone could reach out, maybe someone could suggest this to him to give him that one-day contract so he can retire as a man. I, I think anybody in a red state is off Twitter. Everybody in a blue state is on Twitter. I think it's something like that. I'm not, I haven't counted uh, lately because I'm off of it, so I don't uh, really follow anymore. But, uh, Sean, what's your uh, take? Well, folks, um, yeah, great memories of 2015. And can I just say about the 2015 postseason, for us fans in, in, in the UK, there wasn't one Mets uh, postseason game that was on at a decent hour. They were all at, like, gone midnight, one o'clock in the morning. But hey-ho, that, that's, that's just a slight uh, gripe. And I was, I was lucky enough um, to uh, uh, say hello to the dear fellow down at um, uh, the Lakeland, uh, the um, Tigers uh, a spring training complex a few years back when he was with the Mets and I got somebody to take a photo. I said to Dan, Dan, Mr. Murphy, Mr. Murphy, can you, can I get a photo? And I asked the guy to take a photo and he was, so, the guy who was taking the photo was so nervous. He had his finger over the um, camera eye. So uh, yeah, it was a golden opportunity gone, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's 35. So I, I wish him all the best, but yeah, um, that, that, uh, that 2015 uh, postseason, what great memories. Uh, Len? I've got to ask Sean a question. Sean, how does someone from the UK become a New York Mets fan? <laughs> well, Len, very, very quickly, um, I was, um, I've got um, uh, uh, relatives in New York and uh, I went over in 1989. I was, uh, I was a big NFL fan at the time and I'm still a huge Giants fan. Sorry, I know I should be a Jets fan. But uh, a friend took, me to, friend took me to Shea Stadium, 1989, Dodgers against the Dodgers. Knew the principles of the game. From that moment on, I was hooked. Absolutely hooked. Wow. There you go. Anyway, as far as Daniel Murphy, um, you know, he was phenomenal with the Mets. We're not in that World Series without him. Uh, but he certainly made his shekels when he went to Washington. And he deserved it. And I'm glad for him. Uh, I'm not a big, uh, you know, proponent of somebody signing one day contracts to retire with the team. I, whatever they do is fine, but uh, he was definitely one player who, who you could look at and say he was very successful as a Met and there are not a ton of those. So uh, thank you, Daniel Murphy. And, and how many of you guys uh, remember Mike Francesa when he first came up, Daniel Murphy, saying he'll never make it in the majors? Uh, uh, he's a nice hitter, but he can't field and anything. And, um... Oh, but Mikey, 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 I think you'll be great, Mikey, Mikey. Let me get you a diet cola, Mikey. Oh, yeah. 
Sean, Sean is scratching his head going, what the hell are these guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you called me that, sorry. <laughs> uh, it used to be a radio show uh, in the afternoon called Mike and the Mad Dog. And uh, the Mad Dog talked like Len was talking. With a, and they were on. You had to give it away. It could have been Jeff. It could have been Barry. <laughs> now they know it's me. We also do video. People can see you. Well, I'm sure there's a ton of people watching this video. Uh, I, 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 there must be millions. We're, we're, we're trying to reach the high hundreds. <laughs> and Sean, as a Giants fan, this is a big day, anniversary day of their beating the undefeated Patriots to win a Super Bowl 42. That's yeah. right. Yes, yes. Celebration. <laughs> well, I can see we're going to just throw the rest of the notes out the window and just. <laughs> uh, so, who do you guys? Who does everyone like in the Super Bowl? Then, while we're on uh, the NFL, Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. Um, uh, uh, the other team, Tampa Bay. I, gotta I, go with I just partner. find it hard. I just find it hard to go against Brady. I was. Gonna I, don't say care, I don't care. I don't care how old he is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got to go with my partner. I I think Tampa Bay is going to uh, is going to win. You know, it's an amazing thing. You can hate Brady all you want, but boy, you got to give that guy his his due. I mean, he goes to a different team and and takes him to the Super Bowl. I mean, it's incredible. It's a great story. The footballs are deflated. They've been tested. They're low on air. So you know Tampa Bay is going to win it. All right. Uh, let's take a, a, just a look at a different topic that wasn't on the list, but one related to baseball. MLB uh, uh, gave a proposal to the Players Union of a uh, pushback of a one-month start of the season 154 game schedule, full pay, uh, designated hitter universally, and uh, they wanted expanded playoffs. And uh, a man on second, <laughs> stupid rule, uh, <laughs> and seven in extra innings and a seven inning double header. Um, and the players' unions rejected it. And I'm shocked and dismayed by that. Uh, I think I know why they did it. Uh, it's all a ploy for the upcoming uh, bargaining agreement. But what, what's your thoughts on that? And, uh, we'll start with Barry this time. Oh, God, I'm so glad, even though it was not on the list, I wrote a bunch of notes on this. And I'm not shocked by it at all. And like you, Barry, I'm disappointed that they – they didn't go for this because, you know, 2021 at least is starting out to be a continuation of 2020 with all the COVID. And, you know, they're going to be stoppages of play. T teams are going to have players that, that, that contact it. And it's going to shut them down for a few games. You're seeing it in basketball. You're seeing it in hockey. And I'm, I'm shocked that the NFL, getting back to football for a second, actually got through a complete season and, and played, all, played all the games. As far as going forward, 
it, it's just it's just gonna kind of be well, it's gonna be one day at a time. I heard that it's possible that Arizona is not gonna be able to get spring training going because of this such an outbreak of COVID there. But the players seem to think they can start spring training on time, get 162 game regular season in. I, I hope they're right. I guess they just want to bargain this. And I, and the main reason for rejecting this proposal is because, and I, I think the main thing is the expanded playoffs, which would uh, devalue the, uh, the usage of the designated hitter. The more teams that make the playoffs, the, the, the less need for them to go out and spend big bucks on a designated hitter. And I think I said at the start of this that you might be sorry that you asked about this because I have a lot of notes on this. And to me, I, I think this is a fairly simple solution to this. And that would be just to expand by one team in each league. If 2020 taught us anything, there are enough major league caliber players to, to field rosters for two more teams. And if you went to 16 teams, the current teams could recoup some of the monies that they allegedly lost or the, that they've lost so much of by getting money to, you know, to, that you have to have to, to come into to the leagues for having an expansion team. You could just change so many things. You could move it to like what the NFL has, the eight divisions, four teams per, per division, unbalanced schedules, you would definitely cut down on the travel. You'd move your favorite thing, Gary, or one of your favorite things, into league play back to uh, how they did it when this whole thing started. It was basically the three weeks in June, and then it was over. So you could, you could go back to that if you had an even number of teams in both leagues, and you would have 50 more major league jobs, and and two more major league clubs. So I, I see there's room for compromising. But like last year, the owners and the players don't trust one another. Who knows how long this thing is going to last? And can, can we get an answer? Are we going to have it as to whether or not we're going to have a, a designated hitter this year? It would be nice if teams could prepare one way or the other. It certainly would be nice. Uh, Jeff, uh, what are your thoughts on this? I think it's an automatic response. If the, if the owners propose something, the, the players just say no. Uh, I think it's just a knee-jerk automatic response. Having said that, I think the, real, the reason Barry alluded to was the, the valuing of the playoffs. A team, I think it's the, the set, disincentives is the – the teams are going after higher price free agents. That, that's what I think the, the real gist of it is. Uh, and just by the way, I, I got an email from the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, some reason I'm on their email list. They're selling spring training tickets, believe it or not. So uh, <laughs> they're going full force. <laughs> they're they're going to go. Uh, yeah, it has to with all, all about the shekels. Um, you know, they want to they want to uh, bargain this, and you know what? I don't think it's going to be a full year this year, and I think there's a very good chance it's not going to be a full year next year because they're just going to drag this out. I would, what I would propose 
is you extend the current agreement one year. This way, Facebook can get back to all the, see how much the revenue would come in and get more normalized because they, they can't bargain on a, a, a season like this with no fans. And it also tells me one other thing. If the, if the owners are willing to give full salary for 154 games, they may all need the money from the, the uh, fans in the stands, the concessions, the souvenirs. They, they're willing to pay it without that. So that they got plenty of money. That's well, where... Yeah, they'll raise the the, tick, the ticket prices and uh, everything else, the food prices. That's how yeah. they'll figure they'll make it. But, uh, uh, Len, what are your thoughts? The players, I don't know, we might be reading too much into it, no. uh, the strategy of the union and the players. But uh, what I heard is the players are creatures of habit. They want to go to spring training on time. They don't want their schedules messed up. I mean, think about it. They're being offered the same pay to play 154 games instead of 162. And they are, um, you know, being asked to push back spring training a month, which, by the way, the way things are, I don't really think a month is going to do it, but that's another issue. So... I don't know. It just seems to me, I agree with Jeff. If, if, if one says, you know, black, the other says white. I mean, it, they, if they hadn't made this offer, then the players would have said, well, can we push it back a month? I, I don't know. The whole thing is just it's so messy. Sean? Well, if, if there is a slightly shortened season, the Marlins are going to be happy, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so that, that, was, that was a cheap dig. Um, uh, well, I, I, it's, it's just all politics, isn't it, really, at the end, end of the day? And I get, you know, safety and stuff like that. Um, uh, Gary, going back to, I'm with you on the DH. I'm totally against it. Uh, you know, the, the pitcher should hit. And also, very quickly about the man on, t on second. Now, I'm a, s a slow pitch softball umpire. I'm totally with the uh, runner on two. Let's get this game over and done with so I can get paid and go <laughs> to the pub and have a beer. End of. You know, it's instead okay. of going on for, like, for the 19th, 20th <laughs> inning, you know. Good grief. <laughs> but, you know, you can go to the pub and get a beer at the ballpark. So, well, <laughs> you know. Uh... <laughs> It's a lot cheaper. All right. I, 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 hey, what do you think? I, I think uh, I think because the bargaining agreement is coming up, they want more money, the players' union. They're not going to budge on anything because it's going to be like almost like rubber stamping a new agreement if they gave in to all of these things that the, uh, the uh, MLB proposed. My concern I, as you all said with the COVID, that this is not going to start on time. I don't think we're going to be having fans in the seats. I'm not sure they're going to get to play. And he, here's one of my main concerns now. Uh, I, I just saw online that uh, um, the uh, our two uh, great Gestapo heads in this uh, state, uh, uh, Mr. Cuomo, and I use that term Mr. Lightly, uh, and uh, uh, de Blasio <laughs> in New York City have announced that uh, Yankee Stadium will be a mass vaccination site. And if I recall correctly, City Field is also a mass vaccination site. If that's the case, 
they, that might override any schedule events. And we are already in February. Uh, you know, who knows? You can't get a vaccine on Long Island. They're begging for them. People are driving eight, ten hours to small towns upstate or whatever to get a vaccine. I guess uh, uh, Andrew uh, Cuomo's got them in his back pocket or something, or maybe he's got them for his, he's saving them all for his mother, his 98-year-old mother or whatever she is, uh, or, or for his brother with the cotton swab up his nose. But, uh, you know, you can't get one on Long Island at all. And, oh, I better watch it. They may not, they might take me off of uh, YouTube. Okay? <laughs> The police are, are listening. So, uh, you know, I mean, that's something to consider as well. Whether or not these sites are even going to be allowed to be open to play a game in this year. And uh, I, I don't know. I don't see why then what, what Major League Baseball should say is, okay, we're pushing it back a month, but we're going to play a 162-game schedule. We'll expand the playoffs and uh, play it like they did last year. Because they like, can't unilaterally do that. They don't want, want them to do that. Uh, but, Gary, let me ask you this. You know, the, the, the owners are saying they lose 40% of their res- revenue from ticket sales or, or whatever, yet they're still willing to pay a full salary. What does that tell you? Well, I think it's an I think it's a negotiation. That, that's all. I think, I if you ask me, I think they knew the players' union was going to shut it down, turn it down anyway. So that's why what what's the harm in in making it? And and if they they turn, you know, if they took it, they figured they'll make it up at the expanded playoffs probably. Uh, I think the players want a cut of the expanded playoffs. That's the whole thing. Um, and uh, they're just going to be obstinate about everything at this point in time. And, and as I say, with the, uh, the bargaining agreement coming up, uh, they, I don't think they're going to approve anything. As far as the DH next year, I don't know. It would be nice, but I don't think, you know, didn't the union already say it's not going to happen? They so, said this year that uh, there's not going to be DH. Yeah, so I, I think that's the official word. There's no DH going to happen this year. Yeah, so, no. uh, you know, uh, if it could be permanently that and take it out of the American League, then we'd be happy campus. At least some of us would be uh, happy campus. Uh, Barry and, and Len may not be too happy because uh, – they like uh, the idea of, of uh, rules across the board. But... <laughs> All right. Uh, the Mets traded a homegrown kid. Steven Matz goes to Toronto for uh, three pitchers, three prospects, uh, right-handed pitchers, I believe. And uh, he says uh, goodbye to New York. He left on good terms. Uh, I like to see that when you get traded. Don't badmouth the team. I hope when he gets to Toronto, he doesn't bad. Don't pull a, uh, 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 like, his name escapes me now. The lefty that went to Pittsburgh. Anyway. Johnny's. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, don't pull that. Uh, uh, just go and be nice about it. And uh, there's only... 
29 other teams that you can get a job with and you never know you may have to come back. So uh, keep your mouth shut, smile and say I had a wonderful time in New York. Uh, uh, thoughts on Steven Matz being traded? Uh, Sean, we'll start with you. Or Len, we'll start with you. Let's, we didn't start. Oh, with I, you. you know what, Sean? We'll start with you. Okay. Let's, we, <laughs> Gary, remember, we have to practice diplomacy. They are our allies. Sean, we defer to you. Well, folks, so I'm, I'm, I was really sad to see him go. I've, I've always been as a big uh, Stephen Matz fan. Um, and the last two seasons, he, 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 I mean, he had, he had a horror. Was it about two, three years ago, he had an absolutely horrible season. But the last two years, I thought he was really good. I'm, I'm sorry to see him go. Uh, you know, uh, I, I think he was a, a decent lefty and he got some good, good stats in last, last season and the season before. Okay, Len. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, Mr. Diplomat. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you know, it's funny when they made the trade and then I, I, I heard uh, or saw that, you know, they were in the process of uh, getting Bauer and it made a lot of sense, but that didn't happen. So, <laughs> well, nobody got Bauer. Yet. No, I, I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the trade made a lot of sense, but if they don't get Bauer, it doesn't make as much sense, you know, and, and I'm sure that he's going to do very well in Toronto, you know, so, uh, but let's see what happens. If they get Bauer, good trade. <laughs> Barry. Yeah, and, and not only I think we need to practice a diplomacy, but sort of like hit the brakes on political commentary because <laughs> this is this is a baseball talk show podcast. There are plenty other places to give your political opinions and if I took the other side of this, we'd be here till the next election. So having <laughs> said that, what was the question again? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> there's politics and everything nowadays. So, so that, 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 unfortunately, <laughs> that's, that's true. Oh, Stephen Matt. Yeah. Oh, Stephen yeah. Matt. Yes. I mean, hopefully, he'll have a nice career wherever he ends up, whether he stays in Toronto. But sometimes a change of scenery is is needed, and. Uh, he was horrible last year, but, and I've said this and I've been pretty consistent with it. It's kind of hard to judge anything from 2020 since we all basically called it an exhibition season anyway. Clearly, Matt's underachieved, and I, I kind of like to seeing what he would have done with the possibility of a 162-game season, or at least more of a season this year than last year, and seeing if he could have righted the ship. Not, not only that, but the Mets are very thin in the starting rotation. And you mentioned it on your last podcast, Gary. You mentioned the starting rotation of, obviously, DeGrom, the best there is. And you got Cookie Carrasco and Marcus Stroman. So you have a decent first three. Peterson, is, as your number four, had a nice two, two months, nice 60 games, but you'd still have to consider him unproven. 
And after that, the Mets don't really have a fifth starter right now. Come on, so, we got Joey Lucchese. <laughs> okay, yes, 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 we Forget do. Forget about we, it. We, we also have Seth Lugo. Remember him? And well, I don't even know what the plan is for him. I mean, they should have, the Mets should have a solid bullpen if you just look at the names, but there's still just, just names. And when all is said and done, maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but, uh, and as we saw how uh, starting pitching has gotten so de-emphasized, just look at the Tampa Bay Rays and that wonderful decision from game six in the World Series. I'm still shaking my head over that one. But starting pitching is definitely devalued now. And the Mets seem to have put together a pretty decent bullpen. I, I like the addition of Aaron Loop a great deal. He was a big part of that Toronto pen that took him to that memorable game six of the World Series. I like the Trevor May acquisition. I like the I like Castro. He did a decent job. So with those three and of course Edwin Diaz closing, which hopefully will be the more 2020 version of Diaz and an even more wonderful could be the 2018 version of Edwin Diaz. But I, I doubt we're going to see that. But as long as we don't get the 2019 version of Diaz, the Mets bullpen, at least we can hope, should be pretty solid. But I, I do think they are short in the starting rotation. And if, if it was me, I think it would have liked to seen the Mets give Mets another season here. And he would have been playing for a contract, so maybe that would have motivated him more to do better. Jeff? I was a big Stephen Matz fan. No one was going to get his first game pitching into the, like, the seventh, seventh, eighth inning, driving in four runs with three hits. Uh, no one's going to forget his grandfather and the luxury sweep slapping his head. That was a, a great uh, – and we really thought it was going to be something, a career that really going to blossom. And unfortunately, it didn't. He, uh, I, I'm still a big believer in him. I, I really hope he does well in Toronto. I hope he beats the Yankees every time he pitches against them. <laughs> yes, our, our starting pitching is a little, little short, uh, but we're only asking these guys to go six innings maybe, you know, the ground maybe go seven. But, you know, with Carrasco and, and um, obviously DeGrom – Marcus Stroman, that's a good, you know not a bad top three. Mm-hmm. You know Lucchese and uh, Peterson. I'm a big fan of Peterson as well. Hopefully he'll have a, he'll continue his his pitching his starting pitching from last year. We can just as mentioned just get somehow get someone to take them to Tantas and Jerry's familiar off our hands. I mean they come in the the game. You can just might as well put a, a runner on first. You know how you put a runner on second next innings. When Familia comes on, just put the guy in first. Because he's going to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should just, when he comes in, they should just go, you know, intentional walk, just go there anyway. So. Exactly. All right. Uh, did the Mets do enough this winter? Are they prepared enough to take on the NL East wars with the uh, Braves? Um, adding on, and the Phillies now keeping Real Muto and adding some pitching. Uh, let's see, the Marlins added some players. Uh, 
the really the Nationals, uh, they added a couple of guys, but they have probably been the most quietest of uh, of, of the uh, division. Uh, the Mets, of course, adding uh, Lindor and Carrasco that we talked about, and May and Lucchese and Loop. Um, and McCann. Okay. And McCann, thank you. Are yeah. they ready to go, Jeff? They can probably do, do an upgrade at third base and another pitcher, and I've, I'm really thinking to that trade with the Reds, that rumored trade with the Reds with uh, Gray, Sonny Gray, and uh, – Suarez at third baseman, he, he's pretty good. Uh, they can improve their defense there. I mean, I like J.D. Davis. He's not going to remind you of uh, David Wright over there, that's for sure. No, more like Dave Kingman. At the exactly. Uh. <laughs> and if we had a D.H., you know, again, uh, I need a center fielder as well. Is it is it Jackie Brenton Jr., who's actually probably asking for a lot and probably too much that the Mets needs? Uh, there's a, a Maros out there as well. They need a, a good, solid center field. I'm a very big believer in defense up the middle. We can put Nimmo on left, and if there's DH with it, I know I'm against DH, but this place in this day and age, which is only going six innings, there's no late inning strategy. Anymore. And I'm not going to die on that hill for, for it. So you might put, there's a DH come in, you put Smith with DH, move Nimmo over to left field, get a good center fielder, get third baseman. I think we just need to do a couple more things to uh, really take the division. Len? I love the Francisco Lindor trade. I mean, obviously, who, who wouldn't love that? Uh, and getting Carrasco, it was a big plus in that deal. Um, Lindor, one of the best in the game. So I just think uh, they are a little short on the starting pitching. I, I know it's a lot to ask, and I, I wouldn't give him as much money as he probably wants, but I would like to have Trevor Bauer. And, uh, and then I think the Mets actually, they have, some, they have enough offense, and they would have enough pitching definitely to compete. And I think also it, a lot will depend on the midseason form if, if Syndergaard comes back. Uh, you know, how, when he comes back, how he comes back. You know, there's no guarantee that he comes back uh, from Tommy John in the middle of the season. Oh, no. We've seen, you know, uh, the Mets had a player, I think, what, what was it, Wheeler, I think it was, that, uh, you know, took two seasons to come back. So I, I don't think we could count on him. But, again, they, they definitely made some very good moves. I mean, getting Lindor and Carrasco. And McCann at catcher. Those three are, are very big. Sean, did the Mets well, make enough moves? I, 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 I think so. Am I detecting a bit of cynicism with uh, Mr. Lucchese uh, from, from the group? Because uh, uh, any, anybody, can, anybody can, who can throw a churv gets my vote. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay, ERA of 4.14 a couple of years ago. I, I think I think he could, he could uh, uh, fill the num number five position. Uh, and I think if um, Noah Syndergaard comes back, what are, we, what are we talking about? Sort of May, June time, maybe a bit later. Obviously, he's going to be on a pitch limitation. Uh, he could be uh, a valuable asset, you know, come um, uh, August, September. I love the James McCann 
signing, and of course Lind- Lindor and Carrasco was 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 fantastic. No, nobody's mentioned uh, mentioned Jordan Yamamoto yet. Um, is that a positive? Yes, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a bad move. I think it's a good move. Uh, and yeah, very, very quick. I mean. Right, Trevor Bauer would be the icing on the cake, absolutely. I mean, it, would we be too greedy in, on getting him and Jackie Bradley Jr.? I mean, but, but does that put the Mets over the uh, luxury tax uh, tax ban if that does happen? I mean, if I was to have the choice, I'd, I'd rather have uh, Bauer come in and that absolutely cements up the uh, five-man rotation. Uh, it's just, you, you, uh, like um, uh, Jeff was saying, you, you need somebody in um, in uh, in outfield, um, uh, yeah, or third base. The third base seems to be the, the big hole at the moment. Yeah, it it seems third base and center field, uh, Barry, are probably the, the if you want to call it holes. Though they they do have uh, guys that have filled the holes in the past and and are shall we say adequate at it. Uh, more so in center than in third, but uh, uh, thoughts? Yeah, let me weigh in on third base and center field. I'll start with center field, and if I don't say this gentleman's name, I'll probably be in divorce court tomorrow. And you brought him <laughs> up last time. I I think the Mets should take a look at bringing Juan Ligaris uh, back. <clears throat> uh, now, I would temper that since it's Seems like there's not going to be a DH. I think it would be better if we had eight solid bats in the lineup instead of seven, because let's face it, he is a little short on the offense. But as a defensive center fielder, he uh, to me he's he's without peer. And to put him with Nimmo as in kind of a platoon, you know, you know, with a DH, you you could get away with it. Without one, not so much. But the, the, the point is the Mets do need a defensive upgrade in center field. As much as I like Brandon Nemo, he, he just doesn't look like – he just doesn't have the skill set that I can see to, to, to play an adequate center field, as, as good a player as he is. And they showed a few moments ago, or maybe about an hour ago, because I'm kind of looking at MLB, and they put a projected Mets lineup uh, – on there, and it, it's pretty stacked. They have Nimmo batting leadoff, followed by McNeil, Lindor. And, and how can you not like the acquisition of Francisco Lindor? I mean, I mean, come on. <laughs> That's, I mean, he's a, he's a superstar player. Hopefully they can sign him. And then after Lindor, they have Conforto batting cleanup, followed by Alonzo Smith and J.D. Davis and uh, James McCann. That's a pretty good one through eight. Depth is a problem. Uh, another guy I thought about, you know, as far as bringing back would be a Todd Frazier for late inning defense and a good righty bat off the bench. They still have Guillaume and they picked up Jose Peraza. And so, you know, the bench needs some improvement, but th- th- there are guys out there. As far as where they stack up in the NLEs, I, I still think there are a good ways behind the Braves. Atlanta is clearly the team to beat. They picked up Charlie Morton, so their rotation is is better than is better than the Mets. And as far as the Nationals, 
they did make a couple of pretty solid moves. They picked up uh, Schwarber, so I guess they'll have to stick him somewhere in the outfield. And they also picked up that first baseman from the Pirates. Uh, Bell is his last name. I forget his first name. But Josh Bell? Josh, Josh Bell, Bell, yeah. Yeah, so he's going to be their first baseman this year. So, And they're getting Steven Strasburg back, so they've got a pretty stacked team, too. The, the Mets are going to have to battle for this. If they uh, have playoff aspirations, they're going to have to make a couple more moves. They're going to certainly have to improve that defense. It's still, even with Lindor and McCann, it is still below average. And it's way below average in a couple of places. And again, it would have been so nice if we could get a DH this year. They could move either Smith or Alonzo to the first base, play the other guy as the primary DH, move Brandon Nimmo to left field, find themselves the center fielder primarily for defense, whether it's Jackie Bradley, whether it's Juan Lagares, another guy I have in my notes is the guy from the Cubs, uh, Albert Almora, who played a big part in the 2016 World Championship. So, unfortunately, it looks like it, it, it's not going to happen. It's going to leave the Mets short with uh, such a scarcity of a bench and the, still a below average defense and uh, questionable pitching. I I think they need more. As far as Trevor Bauer, I, I just don't think he's a fit here. I mean, would I want Trevor Bauer in the Mets rotation? I mean, of, of, of course. I mean, I mean, not going to say no to, to, to a pitcher like that, but uh, again, it's, it's, it looks like that the Mets are competing with the Dodgers, and I don't really know if if he fits if he if he fits either if he fits either club because both teams have players that are arbitration eligible. They're going to have to sign him to long term deals. Which if they sign Bauer, it's going to push them over the luxury tax, and the owners seem to be treating that luxury tax as a salary cap. No, now nah, nobody wants seems to want to go over it now. I'm being a minority here, but I, I'm, I don't want to get Bauer. I mean, he had a good 11-game stretch in 2020. Other than that, he, he has an over-4 ERA. He hasn't really performed very well, you know, consistently. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ready to give him big bucks for, you know, for nothing. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's worth it at this point. Yeah, I'd rather give a guy like Odorisi uh, less money uh, and sure, he's a lesser talent than Bauer, but I think there's been some more consistency there. And, uh, I, I, you know, if they, they made an – I believe they made an offer to Bauer. I don't know. That, you know, you get, you get conflicting the stories. One said they made a short-term offer. Uh, I believe they made a three- or four-year offer. Is that right, Jeff? Something like that, yeah. I think he, he hasn't uh, obviously hasn't accepted anything yet. I think it's between the Mets and the Dodgers now. I, I, you know what? For one year, that's fine. I don't want to go long-term with Bauer because you don't know what you're going to get. He's not signing a one-year deal, but you know what? He's probably – he's not worth the – he's not worth the same money that the uh, the Yankees paid for. Um, no, uh, I agree. And according yeah. to Twitter, the Mets are interested in veteran lefty Rich Hill. 
Yes, I was reading that as well. Yeah, yeah. But is that the, you know, how many of these guys got options? Because really, they need pitchers at the AAA level too. Are they gonna Are they gonna be willing to go to the AAA? Uh, or or not. That's the other thing that you have to consider. Of course, I guess uh, uh, Peterson has options, so he's one guy, if he struggles, that they could ship to uh, Syracuse to uh, fill in that slot there. Uh, maybe, I don't know what Lucchese's standing is as far as that goes. I think goes. he has one or two left. So, I mean, those, those are also possibilities. And, and it looks like we have another guest on tonight now. <laughs> Sean's buddy. Uh... This is Lola. <laughs> <laughs> she, 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 she has a Mets coach, you know. She has a Mets coat and a Mets, Mets squeaky baseball called Baba Baseball. <laughs> you know, yes, yes. I mean, it is one in the morning there, so I could. See, yes, it is. I could see Sean get a little crazy in the dog. She, she's, and... she's wondering what's going on, aren't she? Yeah, I know. I'm speaking to some lovely people uh, three thousand miles away. There we go. <laughs> yeah, she's wondering what the heck you usually embed at this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, are we heading? Again, for Mets' financial difficulties after this whole GameStop uh, thingamajiggy. I, I'll tell you, I, there's one thing I don't understand. That's the stock market. Uh, the other show I do, baseball talk radio show, uh, Rich was trying to explain it to me, and it's, it, it was like uh, I felt like Charlie Brown listening to his teacher. It was just wah, wah, wah. <laughs> uh, I, I, no offense, Rich, but I just I can't. I still don't understand how a hedge fund makes money by lowering the price of a stock. I, I don't know. But anyway, I don't want to get into all of that. But uh, apparently uh, Steve Cohen's hedge fund – uh, company was involved somehow in this mess, and uh, uh, you know now there's fear of uh, the Mets having financial difficulties if if he gets in trouble for what he did. I don't know what he did. <laughs> I don't know if he did anything illegal. Uh, no, but I don't think one thing. Uh, another thing is I don't know was he involved with this. I mean, all we found out is him and uh, the guy from Barstool, Dave Portman, going up back and forth. On Twitter, well, um, Udo, was he really involved? I, I don't know. I and mean, right, Gary, just like I have no idea what's going I have, on. No clue. I, apparently, he loaned uh, another hedge fund. I want to keep saying hedgehog. I don't know why. He loaned a, another hedge fund, two point uh, something, two point three five billion dollars to continue this fight with. Uh, uh, with these guys that so were buying is games. It, um, it's, it's his money. Is it illegal? Is, is, is I, it illegal? I'm just, I'm just I asking know. the question. I don't, I, I don't even understand. Look, I'm still trying to figure out the movie Trading Places. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kill. So. That's a good reference. Forget, okay, for, for a second. Let's forget whether it's legal or not legal. We get a billionaire billionaire owner we're all excited as Mets fans we are going to have more money to spend than we know what to do with 
we had Madoff already, right? We had financial issues. We get this billionaire owner, and now they're talking about possibly financial issues? No way! No, <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. What the heck is going on? I don't understand it either, but I don't want to hear financial issues with the new Mets owner, okay? We've we, we been there, done that. And, and yeah, I... Yeah. So I was going to say, Len, I'm, I'm totally with, with you on that one. I, I only read about it because uh, I subscribed to the New York Times. Oh, shocker. Well, that, yeah, that got everybody <laughs> says not saying anything. I know, I know. Are we still friends, everybody? I'm, of course we are. I, I think it's just so irre- irre- irrelevant. I, I just don't think it's, it's, gonna, it's anything to worry about. I really don't. Well, I, and I would think the money would all be separated. You know, yeah, I, I think so, too. Yeah. I think you're right. And when you guys said you had another guest coming on, I was thinking maybe it should be Thornton McGannery who could explain all this stuff to us because I don't know any more about the stock market than any of you guys, except that I own two co-ops in my day. Each one of them I sold for less than I bought it for. So don't go by me. So did you make money shorting it? I, I, who knows? No. <laughs> Uh, a short squeeze? Was that a short squeeze? <laughs> let, me, let me just say this. I just want to say that it's probably a good thing that Steve Cohen is off, uh, off Twitter. Because yes. Nothing yes. good could really happen on Twitter. I mean, you start getting into a, a, a Twitter fight with, with this guy. Is it worth it? No. I no, mean, no. no it's, it's, nothing good can happen. And and that's one of the reasons I got on. First off, uh, you know, Twitter to me is like uh, the stock market. I can't keep up with the damn thing. It's it's too fast. I can't follow stuff. Uh, at least Facebook, you've got all the posts right there. You can right. follow something. But, but let me say sense. this. On Twitter, you should follow baseball and BBQ. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> that baseball and BBQ. Jeff, I love that Twitter. They are those guys. Can I just say one thing? Baseball and BBQ is an incredible podcast. And they've got a great Facebook page. And there are two guys that co-host that show. They are fabulous. Really fabulous. Yes. Fabulous. They, they yeah. Are. Yeah. Yes. And they sound even better now that they've got the uh, the, their microphones going there and everything. Uh, uh, but they're still not as good as Mets Musings. But when we have Gary Mack on, then the show is top class. Ah, well, thank you. And uh, you guys do do uh, a great job at uh, Baseball and BBQ. And, uh, uh, you know, Nothing but the best with your new equipment. Two's coming out on February eighth. Okay, Len, are you able to send me a, um, a barbecue recipe? 
barbecue sauce recipe, please. In case we have a good summer this year. Have a very good, actually our friend Ray Sheehan has a wonderful barbecue sauce recipe that I will send to you. I, I'll get your contact information. And I Thank you, sir. It is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And also, am I allowed one? I just want to get something off my chest. Yes, yes. I, I was just going to say that, that you had a rant. You want to get something off your chest. So the floor and, is yours. Uh, thank you, sir. And the topic of my rant is baseball caps in the UK. <laughs> okay, as you, as you remember, two years ago, we were lucky enough to have the London series, the Red Sox against the Yankees, which was a huge, huge success. I went up there for it, and it was fantastic. A couple of weeks beforehand in Bristol, I've seen, I've seen people with those dreaded Yankees caps, and I was going up to them and going, oh, you must be so excited about your team coming over. Oh, no, I just wear it for fashion. Well, that's a shocker. I've got, I've got a bleeping app on my phone. Let's see if you can, if you can, if you can hear it. Can you hear it? it's not loud enough, right? Because so, I want to go bleep, bleep, get that bleeping cap off, you bleeping, bleep, 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 and follow your bleeping team, you bleep, bleep. That's it. John, you have a place on baseball and BBQ. Let me tell you something. Yeah. We, lo we love rants. That was a beautiful can, – can I just say, Jeff, that was a – Baseball rant. <laughs> well, very, very, very quickly, there was, there was two, two, two. There was a couple with a couple of Red Sox, uh, Red Sox caps on. I was going, oh, and I thought, great. There's two people that actually follow the Red Sox. Oh no, both their na names started with B. I was going, fucking <laughs> grief. Please, please help me. Well, I got two for you. Uh, the uh, fire commissioner at one time of New York City, it wasn't too long ago. His name was Carlos Rivera, and he would walk around with a Colorado Rockies hat on. <laughs> and, the, and the other, my, the one that really gripes me, and uh, I, I, think, uh, I think Michael K too, I think he's uh, not a fan of this, but you see these people with the Yankee jerseys in particular, Right. And they've got the name, like they've got a number three on the back, and it says Ruth, or four, and it says Garrick. They never had their name on the back. They still don't have their name on the back. Yet people buy these Jeter jerseys. Oh, look at my official jersey. <laughs> it's got Jeter on the back of it. It's not official. <laughs> and, and you know, and and I'm Barry probably remembers the story. I'm a big guy on official stuff because when I was a kid, I bought a yearbook at Yankees. You know, I, I'm I'm old enough that I I was before the Mets, so uh, I went to Yankee Stadium because that was the, you 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 know the only game in town until um, the Mets came in '62. And it was the 61 Yankee yearbook I bought outside of Yankee Stadium, saved up my money, paid a whole 50 cents for it, got inside the stadium, I'm enjoying my yearbook, and I noticed that everybody else has a different yearbook than me. And it turns out I had a pirate copy that they were selling outside, inside they were selling the official yearbook. So from that day on, I would only get a yearbook inside the stadium. And, and 
<laughs> and I became a stickler for an official hat. And yeah. to this day, I'm still that way. And, and you know, that was 60 years ago. Wow. And it sticks in your head. It, I still remember that being pissed off. Now I wish I had that other yearbook because it was probably be worth a ton of money now. Uh, be, you know, because of the oddity, but it was a whole book. It looked just, you know, like a yearbook. It was beautiful, uh, but it was not the official yearbook, and I wanted the official yearbook. And Hey, uh, hey Gary, you mentioned Jeter before, and made me thought, think of the Hall of Fame. You, do you have any opinion on anybody not getting in? Uh, yeah, I think it's an outrage. I think somebody should have got in. I think Schilling should have got in. Uh, I don't care about the politics of it or anything like that. Uh, what's more outrageous to me is that 14 guys put empty ballots in. I think that mm. they should be immediately pulled away and not be able to vote. Well, you I have a conspiracy have... theory there. Ah, I love conspiracy theories. I just think that uh, <laughs> they don't want any controversy for Jesus Day. And they no, want to make know, sure that uh, nobody gets in. And yeah, I, two, two yeah, in the grassy goal. <laughs> you know, I, I thought of that myself. I, I thought that they just they didn't, not even, uh, uh, not even controversy. Uh, that they didn't want anybody else to get in with the Jeter other than Larry Walker because he's already going in with him, but. Yeah, I, I thought that too. But uh, what happens if they can't open, can't do it this year? Then nobody gets in next. Actually, year. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I actually was on a call last week with Saber, and they they interviewed uh, the president of the Hall of Fame. There is going to be a ceremony this year. I, I think they have to, no matter it, what, even if it's it, virtual. Yeah, they they don't know how it's going to be. It might be virtual if there might not be any people there, but they are going to have some sort of ceremony this year. Well, not to be morbid, but with the way the Hall of Fame has passed away in the last nine months, there's be plenty of room on the stage to sit six yeah. feet apart. Yeah, isn't that shame? Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, so uh, I don't see why they can't have it. But, yeah, they, have, they can't push it off another year. There will be a ceremony. In what form? We don't know yet. If I was Jeter, I'd say I don't want to wait another year. I have some Hall of Fame thoughts. I have some notes on that as well. And I'm going to take a different tactic. And I'm going to stay away from Schilling. And I'm going to stay away from Clemens. And stay away from Bonds. Only to say, if voters didn't vote for them up to now, just because there was nobody worthy of getting in this year. I really have no problem with them and the empty ballot. Just to put somebody on for the sake of putting somebody on, I, I, I think is silly. So just to put somebody on for that reason, I, 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 I would agree it would be better to just submit an empty ballot. My issue with the voting is, Who's doing the voting? Not so much what who they're voting for, but who the actual voters are. And when I saw that Larry Brooks, who I remember from the 70s, is a hockey writer, has a vote for the Hall of Fame. I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. So, well, they have a criteria. He must meet the criteria to, to have the vote. 
does he also follow a team? Does he, is he I, in that? I know, know him as a hockey writer, and I and I used to read his column, and I used to hate his column because I used to think, <laughs> and when you're gonna love this, because I thought he was pro Rangers, and as you know, and I'm wearing my Mets hat this time. I switched <laughs> from my Islanders hat. That I remember. Larry, reading Larry Brooks in the late 70s, early 80s as only a hockey writer. How he got a vote for the Hall of Fame. And he's not the only writer that would be considered a non-baseball writer that, that, that's that's getting to vote for this. I, I, I don't get it. I mean, if anything needs to get changed, who's, who's doing the voting? Not so much who they're voting for, although I guess one kind of goes with the other. And next year's going to be very interesting because we're going to have two, quote, steroid guys, unquote, who on statistics alone, A-Rod and Ortiz, who are clearly going to be, or should I say, I should say have the stats to get into the Hall of Fame. But we'll, we'll see if they do. And one more thing, and I remember this from last year's roundtable around this time, this so-called strategic voting where guys have their percentages increased by five, ten percent. I think Scott Rowland went up 15 percentage points this year. Exactly what happened to Scott Rowland in the past 12 months that his numbers <laughs> go up. Maybe you're a Hall of Famer or you're not. <laughs> well, let me just say this. I heard Bill Madden on a radio show and he for eight years, has voted for Kurt Schilling and admitted this year he did not just because he thinks it should be Jeter's day up there. And, uh, you know, he should not be uh, able and then, and, but he, But again, then he says next year he intends to vote for Schilling. So don't think it. Oh, that's okay. Well, that, that, that's silly. Yeah, that's silly. Yeah, I, yeah that's silly. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I, 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 you know, you don't keep other people off because you want somebody to have the day. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's just it's not right. I don't think it's 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 just not uh, done right. I I think they have to do something where they have to get the fans involved in some way, whether it's twenty five percent to the vote or what. We have uh, the technology to do things nowadays. I, I I don't even see why they even if they did a poll, you know, of of uh, put out the, the list and let the fans vote and see who the fans want. It's the fans that end up going there. So as much as I'm against uh, a Harold Baines or some of these players getting in there. Um, you know, if the fans want to see him there. Yeah. Sean, have you been to the Hall of Fame? I went there last year, um, uh, Jeff, and it was just wonderful. Um, I spent the day there and it wasn't long enough. I could have, I could have spent the week there. Uh, yeah. It was just absolutely fantastic. But I'm, I'm with you, Gary. Why should it be exclusive of the BBW, um, uh, uh, BBW? WWA, uh, you know, we vote for the All-Star uh, every year. Why, why can't we have 25% of, of the fans voting for uh, uh, someone to go to, uh, to the, the Hall of Fame? I don't think it should be just exclusive thing of, of, of the writers, uh, you know. Yeah, how about players, writers, and fans, a combination of the three? I like, mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. I, I'm all for it. There's I, something I, about this year's voting, though, 
that now let's the problem is he had uh, the domestic uh you know um situation so it's not as clean as possible but omar viskel i thought should be in the hall of fame and it just shows you that you could talk about all you want how defense is so important in the game but when it comes to voting it's offense that gets players in because omar viskel again you can't that that domestic dispute is obviously maybe an issue but he should be in the hall of fame based on his playing career but and that's what it's supposed to be about i mean you know uh you know domestic disputes happen all over nowadays and and not that it's right but you know do we know all the circumstances about it i mean uh you know, you hear about some of these domestic disputes, and sometimes they're questionable. So, I I don't think it it should be based on what a guy does, because then what do you do? I mean, like, you know, with Schilling in his politics, or uh, I, I've even gotten to the point with Bonds and Clemens. Are they Hall of Famers? They cheated, yeah, but. How do how do we know that the guy that that was pitching to Bonds wasn't cheating and didn't get caught at all? How do we know that the guy that Clemens was pitching to wasn't on the juice? Um, you still had to throw the ball. You still had all all it did was make you stronger and and or allow you to recover quickly. And and I said this before. You know what what. Technically, you could say Tylenol or an aspirin or or uh, something like that is a performance-enhancing drug. It's a stretch. But if you come to the ballpark and you've got a headache and, and you take a Tylenol and your headache goes away, then you're feeling better. It helped you recover quickly from that headache. I, I mean, that could almost fit the description of a performance-enhancing drug. It's a stretch. A I know big, a big, it's big, a big, 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 you know, big, next big year it could be the, uh, the steroid plans. You put bonds in, you put Clemens in, you, you put uh, a rod in, you put Ortiz in, shilling yeah. in, you know what? You bring back, uh, Oh, the Palmero, since he's not on the belt, he put throw him in it. Just make it one big class and, you know, steroid class and be done with it. Yeah. You could have, they could have their own wing of the Hall of Fame. Yeah, there you Steroid go. wing. There's enough players. <laughs> but again, I mean, you know, you don't know if uh, Clemens was thrown to a guy that was all juiced up and, and would have caught bat. Who knows? So unless they got caught. So I, I think it's time to uh, – and I think you have to look at a guy like Clemens. Was he going into the Hall of Fame before he did this stuff? I think the answer would have to be yes. I think he was a, a Hall of Famer. Uh, was Bonds? Bonds was damn close to it. Uh, the the home runs just solidified it. Um, and look, people cheat. I mean, they've been cheating in this game for what makes that, you know, do we throw out Whitey Ford? 
because, uh, you know, Elston Howard said he used to scuff up the ball. He used to sharpen his, his, uh, the clips on his uh, shin guards so he could, you know, put a cut on the ball. Uh, they admitted that. That's cheating. Do we throw Whitey Ford out of the Hall of Fame? Uh, Gaylord Perry admitted throwing a spitball. Do we take him out of the Hall of Fame? I, it's just, I, I think the character thing, you know, you can use it for certain things. Uh, obviously, if a guy commits a major crime, you know, if he's an Aaron Hernandez, that's a different story. Uh, but I, I think when they throw it up for little things like uh, like political reasons or uh, domestic disputes or what, unless he was beating his wife, like the football player on the elevator there, that, that uh, forget his name, from Baltimore. Ray Rice. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that that's an obvious thing. Uh, but if it's a questionable thing, I, you know, I don't know. I, I just, I'm getting to the point that, uh, you know, just let him in. People want to see him in there. If you're going to put Roger Clemens ball in from his 300th win or Barry Bonds's bat, uh, to me, it's hypocritical if you do, do not let them in then. Well, and I, I think that there are any people in there who are, who were on, some type of uh, oh, I, I'm sure of it. Yeah, I'm sure of it. And uh, you know, and then they don't let Pete Rose in. I mean, you know, come on. Uh, uh, you know, is betting worse than shooting steroids up your arm? Do you need legal drugs? I mean, betting is legal. Well, technically, it's not legal uh, the way he was betting, but uh, only at the racetrack. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? Give it a week. It'll be legal everywhere. Everything's getting legal, even the steroids. So then what are they going to do? <laughs> and there's a little bit of hypocrisy in there also, because if you guys or whoever read Jim Bowden's book, he talked that nausea about the greenie, the greenies that yep. the Blades were taking back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they speak as they're holier than thou. But they were getting a competitive edge, too, as far as the legality of it. But, I mean, yeah, you know, come on. And, and, and it's, a, it's a shame that we have, to, we have to continue to have this, this discussion because of the cheating which has been going on, like you guys said, pretty much since the beginning of, of baseball. And I just want to add something about Hank Aaron because – we brought it up about all the passings over the past 12 months. And I'm going to make an argument that Hank Aaron, who would have been 87 years old this Friday, is the greatest offensive player in the history of baseball. And I looked mm-hmm. at the numbers and they were mentioning it on MLB using your favorite thing, the sabermetrics, Gary. But even without that, he had almost 6,900 total bases and the runner-up to that is Stan Musial, who had 700 fewer total bases than Aaron did. And that comes out to more than 12 miles more total bases than Aaron had than Musial. And I would think that you guys would agree with, I mean, again, I threw some notes in here, that a player that 
bats 600 times, gets 180 hits, 30 doubles, 30 home runs. Forget about the walks for a minute. But that, but that comes out to 300 total bases. And those are numbers that Hank Aaron averaged for 23 seasons. I mean, it's incredible the career he had. Yeah, so, his, his numbers were unbelievable. I think that the uh, one stat that I like, uh, that I sort of it amazed me is you could take away every home run he hit, yeah, and he'd still have over 3,000 yeah. hits. Uh, also, I think he twenty years he hit twenty homers or more, right? Yeah. And he never hit over. I think it was forty-seven homers in a season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, now if now if you want to be a, uh, 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 I can't think of the word right now, but if you want to be a pain about it, you could always say, well, yeah, that's because he played long. What do they call those people? They, they hang on and play. Compilers. Oh, yeah, compilers. Yeah, you can say, well, he was a oh. compiler. Well, <laughs> I, you, I, ne- <laughs> you never saw Hank Aaron play. <laughs> Let's just say that. If anybody ever thinks he's a compiler, you never saw him play. I had the privilege of seeing him play. And uh, he was one of those ball players, too, that you hit a fly ball to him and uh, you you thought he was taking it easy. You didn't, you know, he didn't seem to hustle, but he'd be underneath the ball all of a sudden. And uh, he had a gun for an arm. I don't think people yeah. talk about that much. He uh, was a very good outfielder, gun for an arm. And and when he was younger, he could run. He was quite a, a, a good, uh, you know, he was fast, had great speed. But uh, Started yeah. as a second baseman. He was he was uh, definitely uh, an all around great player. And, I think he was the last Negro League player to play in the major leagues. Uh, he played for the Indianapolis Clowns, yeah, and then yeah. uh, came to the Milwaukee uh, Milwaukee uh, Braves. Yep, and uh, yeah, certainly a uh, definitely one of the gra- greats of the greats. Let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah, definitely greats of the greats. Yep, yep, and we're losing a lot of them. Um, Tommy Lasorda, another character of the game, uh, passed away. Uh, the only thing I will say is that they at least had good long lives, a good long life after baseball. Um, you know, uh, let's hope we all make it to 80 and 90 years old. And uh, that's, that's the one good thing about it. It's the consequence of us getting older, that the guys that we saw play are older still. And, uh, you know, departing, but, uh, uh, yeah. Gentlemen, can I ask you all a, a quick question? I, I've got to go soon because it's not going to be after working four hours. <laughs> 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 uh, do, uh, do, um, very quickly, do, do you have a favorite ballpark? Favorite ballpark? Oh. Uh, well, aside from uh, New York, I, I yeah, love the uh, ballpark in Pittsburgh. Uh, PNC yeah. ballpark. That's absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, nicest ballpark I, I ever been in. Every every ballpark that I've been to otherwise has been torn down. So I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I would say by looks and by uh, uh, from what I've heard, I go with the uh, Jeff in Pittsburgh, and 
I went to school around there, and, and I really like uh, the city of Pittsburgh. So I'm going to say mm -hmm. Pittsburgh as well. I'm going to go Camden Yards. That's my – Pittsburgh is yeah. nice, too. We were there a couple of years ago. Also, the uh, whatever the Giants ballpark is called. Is it Oracle now? What, what, what is the name of the Giants ballpark? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, it <laughs> I don't even know, but – and where's Mike? Shouldn't he be on with us? <laughs> I, he just, I don't see him anymore. <laughs> we got to work on that. But anyway. Uh, He's only a three-hour time difference. We do five or more. <laughs> well, then for the next one, we should have it in the afternoon. That way, Sean can stay up longer. And we can bring Mike in. And uh, any, anyone else you've had over the past... 10 plus years, but to answer Sean's question, my, my favorite <laughs> is, is, is Camden Yards. I, 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 I just, 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 just love that park. Len? How about you, Len? Len? Yeah. Um, I would say Wembley Stadium is probably <laughs> my first. And then I guess London Stadium is probably my second. Yeah, I would say Always the one. diplomat. Yes. Thank I'm, I'm just going to have my little bit of one-upmanship. But um, if COVID hadn't happened, I would have completed my project of going to see ball um, at baseball at all 34 parks last year. I only had one more to do, which was Atlanta. Denied. So it's going to be next year. Actually, I've got to go back. To, I've got to go back to Dallas because they've rebuilt it. To, uh, they've got a, is it Globe Life Park? Yeah. Part two. But uh, my my favorite, I think, uh, PNC. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, guys, uh, thank you all for this. And uh, thank Sean, you. Thank, thank you for you. staying up so late <laughs> and joining us. And if you want to go, you can you can go now. <laughs> This was special. Sean, go in peace. Thanks for coming on, Sean. No, I really, hope to meet, I really want to hope to meet you guys next year when, when it was all we're going, all back, gone back to normal. I, I wish you'd all stay safe. Uh, I hope you Me haven't too. had too much snow. Um, you get your vaccine soon, and we'll, we'll all be back. back uh, having an uh, overpriced uh, beer in City Field in the not too distant future. <laughs> You got it. It sounds it's good. Sean. Thank you. That's what our right, appointment is. Okay. Take care, guys. Okay, right. Sean. Thanks. Right, Thank you. Care. Thanks, Sean. Peace out. Peace out. Take care. Bye-bye now. Bye. 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 <laughs> well, that was wonderful uh, having Sean on. And uh, uh, rest of you guys, thank you so much. Uh, of course, Len and Jeff, Baseball and Barbecue, go check it out. It's a, a great podcast. They have terrific guests if you want to learn more about baseball and about the – they actually do talk about barbecue. It's just not in the title. You know, they're not just trying to get clickbait there and get you uh, to join. But uh, uh, thank you guys so much. Barry, thank you as always for uh, chiming in and, and taking time out and, and uh, coming on and – We'll see you again next time. So uh, yeah. keep the faith. Stay optimistic. And, and let's, let's go, go Mets. Mets. And I'll see you next time on another edition of Mets Musings. <laughs>